So uh, today I'm going to be sharing a little bit about what I'm passionate about, what I spend my weeks doing. And I realise that that's what I'm passionate about and it's not necessarily what you're passionate about. And so some of these talks can be a little bit boring and we switch off and we say, well, that's great for, for that person that's speaking. But I want to finish what I'm going to say today with a real challenge to you all because I feel so deeply that God is wanting to do, just as we talked about, I was hoping the songs would still be here today, uh, to, uh, now, but it talks about a way maker. He's changing our hearts. And friends, more than anything, I want today to be about changing our hearts. Because, you know, we are so in the West, we get so much information. And it's so easy for us to allow that information to come in one ear and out the other ear and not affect our hearts. But God wants to affect our hearts because it's through our hearts, it's through our passions that God changes what we do. And then we start to do what he wants us to do. And then we get the benefit, the wonderful benefit of being in his place of rightness. Not righteousness, but of rightness, although we have his righteousness as well. And there is nothing like spending time being in a place of rightness. You know, sometimes when I'm amongst the people that we spend time with, and I'll start sharing about that shortly, I, I get literally overwhelmed. I have to take a second breath that God allows me to be in the presence of these people because that's where his heart is. And his heart's there not because he loves us less, but because he knows that those people, they know they need a saviour. Whereas so many of our peers think they can do life basically without God. Sure, they might have some difficult times in their lives, but basically they can do life without God. The vulnerable people in our community, they can't do life without an answer because it's not working for them. And when we have the answer wrapped up in the Bible and in our lives, what a privilege. It's a privilege, saints, to be able to share that with those vulnerable people. So, where are we up to? Who's behind the screen there? Is that Dan? Dan, can we have the first one, please, buddy? I'm going to do a bit of it. Can people see that all right? Maybe we could just dull the lights a little if we can, just so because I'm going to do a bit of a slideshow as we go along, just so that you get, you know, a picture paints a thousand words. So, folks, uh, a few years ago, I started a trust called For a Better City Trust. The purpose of that trust was twofold. One, to go out and find areas in the community that I felt God was calling me to have some input into to see if I could bring some change, help people to thrive in their lives rather than experience the difficulties that we were just talking about. And secondly, to gather the churches of Upper Hutt to help me in that process because I recognised that so many churches spend time doing church because it takes quite a bit to run church you know, every, day, every Sunday. But they didn't have the time to actually organise ways in which their people could get out into the community. And for the majority of us, we're not leaders, we're followers, aren't we? We're people who want to, to go for something that's already happening rather than start something on our own. And so I've been gifted, if you like, with the ability to be a bit of a trailblazer. And so there's four areas in which For a Better City is working, and I'm going to share about those uh, with you now. The first is family violence prevention. Now, uh, What's been happening for years in the family violence space is that there's been a lot of care and support been going into the victims of family violence, which is right and proper. But very little support has been 
uh, put towards perpetrators of family violence. And you might say, well, they should be locked up in prison, and the key's thrown away for doing that. But the reality is that most of the people, most of the men, because 93% of family harm is caused by men against women and children. So for the majority of men who perpetrate family violence, they have had some major trauma in their life that has caused them to get to the place where they display this kind of behaviour. And so they need support as much as the, as the uh, victims do because they need to find ways to deal with their frustration, their anger, their emotions, their stress differently. And that's what Tafare Tane is about. We've set up a program uh, where we can bring guys through a combination of counselling and through uh, group work so that they can start to look at the reasons why they're behaving the way they are and start to find tools and ways in which they can change that behaviour. So Tafare Tane is house for men. Uh, we've just, in fact, last, uh, about two weeks ago, signed a lease on this house here. It'll be a place where the police can come and take these guys who have been... Um, I've been working on this for about three years to try and get sufficient funds because obviously that's going to cost a fair bit. We finally got J.R. McKenzie provide us, provided us with enough funds for a year and a half's work last December. And so we employed Greg Finnegan. A number of you will remember Greg. He used to be a, member, a pastor of this church. Um, and Greg is now working with me. Um, uh, set it, he's helped set up the, the program and is now running the program on an ongoing basis. Uh, then, um, in, we, oh, so we've just signed the lease on this house. Next screen, please. Uh, we've also, what's happened to our audio? Have we lost it? It's coming? Sorry, uh, sorry no, we're to the uh, screen. Sorry, Dan. Uh, we've just put an offer in on this building here in Upper Hutch. You might remember it as the old Westpac building. This is going to be another place for transitional housing for men who are going through any kind of uh, difficulties in their lives. They might be homeless. They might have just separated from their partners. They might have. They might be mental health patients. Uh, this place will be. So we'll we'll set up the bedrooms on the top floor, and the front part will stay as an uh, as a shop, and then the back part will be the living and dining and so forth area. And um, we're just negotiating with an organisation called HUD, which is uh, the, the the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Uh, and they are really looking at ways in which they can deal with the housing crisis that, that's, uh, New Zealand, that exists in New Zealand. And so they're helping us in that process. Uh, next slide, please. We're also bringing uh, Te Hahei. Now, you might remember um, when uh, um, Jeanette talked about a program that she had gone to that was really going well up in, um, in Gisborne and in Rotorua, where churches have gathered together and they are now supporting the police and going into family harm environments where uh, the police have, have gone in, there's been a call out, they've gone in to support uh, the families and also to support the police in those situations because some of the police get into some horrible situations, friends, it's, it, you know, and they need support as well, so they provide them with meals and support in that way. So that's now it's been rolled out nationally and uh, Tafare Tane is going to be the, uh, the Hutt Valley um, leader of that program, and so we'll be rolling that out amongst the churches. Uh, they're, ju they're just doing all the paperwork and getting all of the, you know, health and safety things worked out. That should be coming early in, 
2020. Another very important part of family harm prevention is the whole awareness program. And people, you know, research around the world is really clear that until the conversation starts happening, until people are more aware of what family violence actually looks like, because so often we think it's some guy in Timberley bashing up his wife, but it's so much more than that. And I can't go into that this morning. I've shared that in one of our sessions a little bit more about what family harm looks like. But for lots of people, they don't know what family harm looks like. And so then they can't help people who are going through it. So the awareness program is an incredibly important part of what Te Whare Tana is about. Um, so we, every year we, uh, oh so, sorry, last year we had a dinner and a breakfast, you remember, the women had a dinner on a Friday night and the men had a breakfast on this, uh, the Saturday morning. Out of that we ended up with 21 community champions. Now community champions are people who we train up so that they understand more about family violence and they can be uh, lights in the midst of the, their, um, their communities, their, the, the people that they relate to. So 19 people from the churches of Upper Hutt um, went through that training program earlier this year and we graduated them um, in uh, May. So that was exciting. Uh, every year we're doing a city march now and that's really just to, once again, attract attention. Uh, last year we had about 60 people on the march. Not as many as I would have liked. This year I hope that some of you will come and join us. And the reason we're doing that is just to, to put attention on the subject. It's really interesting that the kids now are taking climate change to the streets. Why? Because it raises awareness of what they're talking about in climate change. We want to do the same in Upper Hutt about family harm. We want people to start to think about family harm, family violence, and say, this is not good enough in our community. We want to see it changed. Um, I talked to you earlier this year about the fact that we had uh, 253 teenagers at a... Uh, at a training day for youth ambassadors. It was an amazing day to be part of. 253 kids from 31 colleges in the Lower North Island came together. We had the mayors there because all four mayors of our uh, cities around uh, Wellington are white ribbon ambassadors. And we had, uh, I spoke and Rob, the manager, uh, campaign manager, we had Etty and uh, Melly who spoke at our dinner, uh, who were a couple that have been through family violence themselves and now come out of it and living violent free lives. And we had um, the guy who lost his daughter a few years ago over in England uh, through a family violence uh, incident. And he talked about uh, what, what people didn't notice around that whole space. Um, and then now we're also starting to get into workplaces. I've been to uh, Inland Revenue behind us here. I'm shortly going to the, uh, uh, the Ministry of Defence. I'll soon be going to the uh, Upper Hutt City Council who are going to become accredited white ribbon organisation, which is incredibly exciting. Um, so we're starting to spread the message in the workplace because we think that's a place where a lot of uh, um, people get to know each other well and so can support each other in the midst of uh, the difficulties that they're going through. So that's our family violence prevention program, okay? The next slide, thank you, is our healthy food project. Now that's very much connected to this church in that we've got now uh, 23 raised garden beds at the back of the church. I don't know if you've seen things have sort of been happening up there. We've got another seven beds down at Heratonga College. And the purpose of that is that we want to uh, grow healthy food. And then the next stage of that process is that we're in the, on the 30th of October, we're starting our healthy food cafe uh, or what we call the good table neighborhood dinner. Now that's a place where 
anybody can come to. It's not just for the vulnerable because what we want to, we want to create an environment in that place where everyone feels at home and people can feel connected so that they start this relationship building and so many of the vulnerable are lonely. And in fact, a lot of us are lonely as well. So this is a place where we can come together. The, the atmosphere will be very warm and inviting. We won't be sitting in our own tables. We'll have long tables so that people can communicate and interact together. And I hope that some folk will feel that they can come along to that. Um, we're also starting a good table cooking class because so many of the vulnerable have never learnt to cook healthy, fo healthy food. And so we'll start a cooking class so that they can learn to cook healthy meals for their families. And also the, fresh, uh, the Good Table Fresh Garden Produce Store. So food from our gardens will go to that store. It'll probably be based somewhere around in, uh, in the street, either at uh, Hiratonga Christian Centre or here. And uh, people can buy fresh produce so that they can, uh, at a very affordable prices, so that they can use that to cook. And then also to help fund some of this, we grow, uh, some of the produce that we cook, uh, that, we, that we grow, will go to the cafes and cafeterias uh, because they're also very keen to, to support what we're doing, not only in principle, but because they get really fresh produce straight out of the garden into their cafes and they can use that in their, uh, in their food that they present um, to the community. So that's a very exciting part. Along with that, we'll also be collecting uh, their green waste so that we can then put it into our composting program um, that uh, you saw some photos of earlier. All right, next one is our community-led development program for the northern suburbs. Uh, this is another really exciting journey that I'm on. Um, the government have decided that the way they want to move forward in terms of funding community projects is rather than organisations like us saying, and a bit like what we've done with the Healthy Food Project, saying we think a healthy food project is a good idea. They are really supporting programs where you go to the community and you ask the community, what do you think this community needs in order to thrive? And so we've uh, been working with the council on that. They did a survey of all of the houses in Timberley a few years ago. We've spent the last two or three years doing a number of different events in Timberley, uh, you know, community dinners, um, fun days, and things like that. We've gathered a whole lot of information from the, the Timberley community about what they believe they need to thrive. Now we're on a campaign of going to the other suburbs in, in the northern suburbs, and we're having community meetings. Um, Whoops, what's happened to that? Oh, there we go. There's a community meeting. Um, we had about uh, 20 in the first one, and now then the second one we had 39, so we're growing. We've got another one in, in Totra Park uh, on Wednesday, so we're hoping to have 60 there on Wednesday. And if you live in Totra Park or Clouston Park, it would be great to have you along so you can see what we're, we're trying to achieve. The process there is that we, 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 are, we are gathering all sorts of information from these meetings, and uh, at, at the end of that, we'll develop a community plan for the northern suburbs of Upper Hutt, and then we'll present that to the Department of Internal Affairs with the hope that they will then fund um, some community workers so that we can outwork the things that the community have said that they'd like to see happen. In the meantime, what uh, we are doing is we're also going, oh, that's right, we're going to Heratonga College. I've got an appointment with them in the, about two weeks' time. We're all of the, well, as many of the kids from the northern suburbs that live in the northern suburbs there, we want to hear from the teenagers. And we've also been to uh, our playgroup where we've got up to 30 mums now uh, coming regularly, and dads, should I say, uh, and we're asking them a, a perspective of, of what they believe the community needs in that area. 
Um, and we've, out of that, we've started two projects. One is the playgroup, which meets every Thursday. Uh, we have, as I say, up to 30 to 40 some, uh, no, so 30, there's about 40 mums and, and dads that come. I went on Thursday, actually, there was four dads there. I thought it was awesome that dads felt that they could come as well. And so, yeah, mums and dads of that uh, young family age. Uh, so that's, that's our uh, community-led development program. And then our mental health support program, um, we're now into our ninth year of running our fortnightly community dinner for the mental health community. And we have up to um, 25 now. We used to have up to 35, but the numbers have just dwindled a little. Um, and, you know, one of the wonderful things we were uh, talking about earlier, how when we step out, you know, the, the, the song we were singing, the ocean song we were singing, when we step out beyond our faith borders, God comes through. And uh, about a year and a half ago, it was really down, to, in terms of helpers, it was down to Marty and I, Edwards, and Misty and I, and we were getting pretty drained. So I started praying, and with the group that prays for me, we started praying for more helpers. And now we're really well endowed. We've actually got two groups of people that help now on that, so that we only have to do one, well, I do every uh, fortnight, but the helpers only do uh, once a, a month. And we've actually got a woman who's come up and who cooks a whole meal. So for, you know, 35-odd people, every uh, month she cooks a whole meal for us. So uh, we just feel God's hand, you know, in these little ways as he does these little miracles as we're going. And then also, uh, you remember that when I spoke in June, I think it was, we talked about how we wanted to help the com church community to thrive, mentally and, and emotionally. We talked about some of the things that stop us from seeing the victories that we want to see in our lives. And I mentioned to you at the time that we we're going to start a monthly program. And that monthly program, if we could uh, have that one, Dan. Uh, there's flyers just out in the hub if you haven't received one already as you came in. Grab one of these. This, this is the, the first three months uh, uh, program. It'll be every uh, once a month uh, for the next three months, October, November and December. Then we'll have a bit of a break and, and just see how uh, we've gone. This is going around all of the churches in Upper Hutt, um, and uh, we've had a really great response. We, we called the pastors of all the churches and leaders together uh, about a month and a half ago, I think it was. We had a great turnout. About eight different churches were represented, and the feedback has been fantastic. And when I went around giving these posters and flyers to them, they said, wow, we're really excited about this. So I'm really looking forward to these nights. Basically what it is, it's uh, Richard Black, who's the, uh, the guru behind Strength to Strength. Uh, he'll be sharing for about three quarters of an hour, then we'll have a little break, and then I'll help unpack some of the things that he was talking about so it becomes really practical. And the reason we're doing that is because, you know, you go to a day seminar on mental wellness or on um, improving yourself or whatever, and there's so much information that it's often really hard to practicalize that and start putting it into your life. So this way, you get a little bite, you can put that into your practice, uh, you can start practicing that for the next month and get that part of your system so that it, it, before the next bit of information comes and we can, uh, we can grow that way. And also, you might find that some of the subjects are more appropriate to you than other subjects, and that's fine. So you don't have to come to every one and hear a whole lot of stuff you're already doing really well in. Okay? So that's what we're doing, friends. And the big question that, uh, this, is, this, this is the part that I, that I really want to change the dynamic a little from this is what we're doing to saying why are we doing that why are we doing all this stuff and it's as I was saying earlier on it's about 
providing pathways for people to connect with the vulnerable. So why do we connect with the vulnerable? As I said earlier, we connect with the vulnerable because they actually know they need help, whereas so many of our peers think that they can live life without God. The second thing that's really important to understand is what it does for us. You know, God has not called us to be just receivers. At times in our lives, absolutely, we need to, to be a receiver. We need to, to gather. We need to you know, have stuff put into our lives. But friends, I can tell you, without a shadow of a doubt, that God does more in our lives of growth and, and even dealing with some of the stuff that, he, you know, that he's not happy with and we're not happy with. He does more when we give out than when we're just receiving. And it is a matter of changing our hearts because our hearts are one that, you know, this society is so about me, isn't it? And we can't help but be influenced by these thousands and thousands of messages that we hear every week about blessing me. But in fact, that's the counterculture to what Jesus' culture is, which is about them. And I know that we want to do that, friends. And the reason I know that is because, you know, a couple of years ago we had Neville come and speak to us. And he spoke a really great message about, you know, getting out into the community. And at the end he asked us all to stand. And he did something really different and unique. But I thought it was wonderful. He said, instead of coming up the front and asking me to pray for you, I want you to go and stand by the doors. And then we're going to pray for the community that's outside those doors. And folks, pretty much the whole church got up and said, yes, I want to see that happen. So friends, I know you want to see it happen. I know you want to be effective in the community, but you need pathways and you need tools and you need confidence to rise above the fear that so often comes. I, you know, when I talk about our mental health program with people, so often they, oh, I could never talk to mental health people, you know. But you can, friends, because what they need most of all is somebody to love them. Now, you can love them. I know you can, because I see you connecting with people in here, and you're loving them. These people are no different. In fact, in a lot of ways, they're more loving than our peers are. Do you know Why? Because they don't have some of the social graces that we've built up that you can't cuddle or you can't kiss. You know, when I go into that uh, dinner, they all want to kiss me, they want to cuddle me. And that's part of the way that they express their love. It's very healing. It's very wonderful to be able to cuddle somebody who really needs your cuddle. You know? And you might say, Ron, that's just not me. But it can be you if you ask God to make the change in your heart that we were talking about in the song earlier on, he is a way maker. He is a heart changer. He can change it. And it takes a dabbling of our foot in the water. You know, we didn't rush into it. Um, I remember so clearly how this all started. I, I felt convicted about this. And so I went along to the um, Sally Army Church 14, 15 years ago now and started um, going along to their, fort, uh, their weekly dinner. And uh, I, was, I was scared. You know, I didn't know these people. 
And yes, you might see me as somebody that's pretty out there and you know can talk to most people, but I still have fears too. And I still feel really awkward in some situations. And I felt really awkward in there. But this group of people gathered around me and it was the mental health community that were in that group, that were part of that group that gathered around me. And they started loving me. And so eventually when the, the, the fire came at the Sally's and they closed that meal down, we asked whether we could start our own mental health program. And we've been doing that now, as I say, for just on nine years. And what a blessing it's been, friends. And so mental health might not be your thing, but the reason why we've been broad in what we've been doing is because, you know, it might be that you want to get next to a bloke. You're a bloke and, you know, you, you like sport or you like whatever it might be. They do too, you know, these guys. And they need somebody to get next to them and invite them to a game or invite them to the pub if necessary and have a chat at the pub, watch a game at uh, the Cosy or whatever. You know, just we can do this and we will support you if you want training, if you want uh, somebody to walk with you for a while. One of the wonderful things that's come out of the daycare, uh, the after school care program is now three of us, uh, Kelvin, Martin and myself, we're going to start a big buddy program. It's another awesome way. If you've got a young kid in your family and you want to connect them with a vulnerable family, we can do that because we've, we've gathered all these lovely young kids from Māori Bank School and so many of them need a buddy that's from a, a family that's a little more together than what they, they've come from. There's so many opportunities, friends. And uh, what I've done to this time is I've, uh, I've done a list just of some of the ways in which you could work with us, contribute to what we're doing. Pete and uh, Gary have got those lists and they're going to just hand those out. There's no pressure here, friends, but sometimes we want to think, well, what, what could I actually do? Well, these, uh, these little slips of paper um, will give you those ideas. And of course, I would love to speak to you if you are interested at all, even if it's not one of those things. You just want to maybe talk with me a little bit more about uh, what we're doing and see if there's some other way in which you can contribute to the work that um, For a Better City is doing. And please remember, friends, that this is not in any way to satisfy my ego. You know, I have really worked through that issue. Because, you know, people do come and say, wow, Ron, blah, blah, blah. And I have gone to God about this because I do not want to be seen as somebody that is living off the tails of something that I'm doing. I want to be somebody that's living off the tails of what God is doing in me and through me. And I know that God is doing this. You know, I've mentioned a number of times, we have four people that pray for us every day. And it was like trickle in the early days of this process of working in the community. Now we are flying. I sort of feel, you know, we've built a foundation, now we're onto the frames, and we are really flying. And it's not to do with Ron Vink. It's to do with what the Holy Spirit is doing through Ron Vink and the people that are joining Ron Vink. You know, there's people all around now. we just amazed at some of the people that come to us and say they want to join with us and be part of the program. And I want that for you, not for me, friends, honestly. I want it for you because I love you as my church family. And I want you to experience the joy that comes when we give our lives away. Can I pray for you? Dear Lord Jesus, we come here Sunday by Sunday and 
spend time during the weeks as we worship you and express our love for you. Express our appreciation, Lord, that you set us free from that burden of sin and guilt that we carried. You gave us a hope. And Lord, we can go through grief. We can go through hardship. And as Dino was saying earlier, we have a hope, Lord. We have a hope that carries us, that the world around us just doesn't have. Lord, I look in the eyes of so many of these dear, vulnerable people in our community, and that is exactly what they lack. Their lives are just devoid of hope, and yet we carry it everywhere we go because of our love and our relationship with you. But God, we are in the world, and the world does influence the way we think and the way we feel. We can't help that, Lord. We get bombarded with all these different messages. And Father, we have fear, lack of confidence, Lord. These things crowd out the message that is in our heart to actually want to go out and serve people and love people and care for people that are less fortunate than ourselves. So my prayer, Holy Spirit, today is that you fill this place with your confidence. You fill this place with your assurance that you will not leave us on our own when we step out in faith and, and as Peter did in the water. He looked to you and as he stepped out of that boat, man, he must have been scared. That had never happened with a human being before. And so often it feels like, you know, to go into these strange, unusual places feels like jumping out of our comfort boat. But Lord, you are there to hold us up and to allow us to walk on that water and see lives change, Lord. My God, Ron Vink can't do anything in that space. That's got to be your Holy Spirit. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, I release you to change the hearts of these dear, wonderful people that come here Sunday by Sunday to love you and express their love for you and each other. Lord, may we become more committed, more willing to love those outside these doors, I pray. In your wonderful name, amen and amen.